Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the fifth dose, and it's called Grounding. The Magic for Realists podcast is an auditory adventure where we explore the wonder and magic of the everyday world from a practical and grounded perspective. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I value the poetic nature of normal experiences. I'm making this podcast because I want to elevate and share that. So I'm very honored that you're listening and want to welcome you to this curious space of sound across time over the internet. I want to share the beautiful mystery that we are a part of living and bring you hopefully a refreshing approach to modern mysticism. Some of my real life and my thoughts on funky modern spirituality, hopefully in a grounded way. And grounded or grounding is exactly what we're talking about today. So thank you very much for listening. I want to talk about grounding because it's part of my motivation for this podcast, and also because it's quite a trendy common word these days. And I think it's a helpful concept that I want to unpack a bit more and also give you some tips or some of my tricks about how I feel more grounded. So from my perspective, what we're getting at when we talk about grounded or grounding is it's a good word because it's quite literally this feeling of belonging on the earth and of being present in our bodies and on the planet. The opposite would kind of be spacey or head in the clouds or really up in your mind. Grounded is about feet and that feeling of landed somewhere. And sometimes it's really awesome to not feel grounded. If you're too grounded, you can feel sluggish or really settled, like you're not going anywhere. And, and then you want some levity and flightiness and foolishness and this sort of ecstasy of that as I say this, I'm, I'm raising my hands up like above my head in this sort of cotton candy spiral swirly feeling. And then grounded is like you're laying flat on the grass and you can feel that there's a big, huge planet underneath you. That's grounded. Grounded for me is also the feeling like all my energy, my thoughts and my spirit are collected close to me. Like ungrounded would be this scattered feeling of my awareness being all over the map. And that all over the map feeling, which I'm quite familiar with, uh, is sometimes necessary. Maybe, oh, you might be able to hear my neighbor's big burly truck starting up in the background. Uh, This all over the map feeling can be necessary if maybe a loved one of yours is far away or a project you're working on is elsewhere or you're dreaming up something 
dreams and that planning and elsewhere are all these kind of living somewhere other than the ground (laughs) they're up in the ether we even use words like up like and and it has this brain capacity like if you're planning it's probably not your ankles doing the planning you know it's probably your brain it's probably higher up in your head and grounded is feeling like most of most or all of your energy is close at hand like you are aware of what's happening directly around you and and you're landed so i believe grounded is an important concept to both understand and be able to practice and play with because it allows us to be really present in our lives in the day and presence feels good good in the sense of like we're not absent to our life and presence doesn't necessarily mean glee like everything is rosy but at least we're here for it and not vapid and uh, hollow. And personally, I prefer a feeling of more wholeness and completeness, which I associate with this presence. And like I said, sometimes being ungrounded is really, really fun. And we want to go through phases of being planning and dreaming and being in ecstasy and rapture and all these lofty feelings. Yet if we don't have a way to land those experiences and feelings, we can end up becoming very untethered from either reality in extreme cases or our own bodies, and that can lead to dis-ease, or our own relationships and just this unpresentness, which has all kinds of like if you're aware of things you're more likely to respond well than if you're absent things can happen without you knowing so this is why I feel that grounded is an important thing to be able to return to also I see a trend in our current modern-ish lifestyle that is quite ungrounded if grounded it literally has to do with the ground and the soil and the planet, then so much of what we do and in our interactions and our travel and our communication and our money is not grounded. We fly in airplanes, we have transactions with numbers that we can't touch, we talk through ways like this on the podcast where you can't touch me, you can't see my face. And those are all ungrounded. Again, this isn't a judgment about better or worse, but to be aware that there's these different qualities of experience and benefits and drawbacks to our well-being and our even our happiness of these different modes. And as we have so many ungrounded ways of being now, learning how to foster our own and each other's sense of groundedness, I think is a really important balance. So that's kind of a general intro of what I mean by grounded and why I think it's useful. I hope you can see a few 
or feel a few experiences in even the last few days where you might have felt that kind of sinking peaceful feeling of having landed somewhere and then the feeling of being buzzy and up in your head and maybe you've enjoyed one or the other and that difference is something close to what I'm talking about. So I want to start with air travel, airplanes, and just run through a few examples of the practices that I feel are more grounding so that you can keep these in mind if you're feeling too spacey and you want to become more grounded. I realize I'm saying that word often. It is also the theme of this week's podcast. So bear with me on the repetition. And if you want to say landed or centered or grounded or peaceful or present, those are all orbiting around the ineffable thing that I'm trying to talk about. Okay, so if you're traveling in an airplane and you go far, you experience something called jet lag which you probably haven't experienced in the last year, but you might have before. And I feel like, yes, there's time travel, uh, like uh, time zones, time differences involved in jet lag. Like if you fly from BC to London, England, there's a, I think it's eight hour time difference. Shout out to my England friends. And, and so you're going to be confused as to when to sleep and when to wake up. But the other thing that I feel is going on is that your spirit isn't used to flying that fast. And so you've been the most ungrounded, literally, like up in the sky, that humans have kind of ever been. Like, this is a very new thing in our evolution that we can go kilometers up in the air and whiz across the planet and then touch down somewhere else. So part of what you're experiencing with jet lag, in my opinion, is kind of like a spiritual vertigo, like your essence is just not used to this phenomena. And you've been in another realm, as in the sky, for a while, and now you're down on a different part of the planet. And it's a different environment, it's different smells, it's different temperature. Yes, it's also different time of day and diet and language. And so part of this jet lag feeling is also just like uh, a catching up of your essence with your body. Because I feel like even if you fly really far south or north, so in your same time zone, you are still going to experience this kind of like vertigo feeling of like, whoa, like what just happened? Almost dizzy and you'd land and you're exhausted and you want to sleep. It doesn't matter what time of day it is and you don't know what to eat. And you're just like, whoa, what's going on? And it's to me, that's like the ext- jet lag is kind of the extreme version of ungrounded. You're just like, it throws your whole system off. And in smaller portions, we can also experience this feeling of ungrounded, say, by driving in a car. I've lived with just a bicycle for the last year and a half. And just this past week, I bought a car, which is changing the daily logistics of my life quite a lot. I can get places a lot faster than I could on the bike. I'm also noticing, I I did drive cars occasionally in the last year and a half, but I'm noticing that since 
the last time I owned a car and drove often, I have changed as a driver because of my tons of time biking. I noticed that I am so much more patient. I'm like, I'm already going more than like 25 kilometers an hour. I don't need to go super fast. And like at a stop sign, like I'll let people go. I'm just like not in a rush and it feels so good. I'm loving it. I'm like way more chill as I'm driving than I was last time I owned a car. Anyways, all that to say, cars are also very quick ways of getting places compared to human speed. So the most grounded way to get somewhere, actually, I was going to say walking, but it's probably slithering on the ground like a snake, which wouldn't be very comfortable and very, very slow. The point being grounded, you can kind of think of like actually just contact with the ground. So, and whether that's enjoying the magnetic frequencies of the planet on your feet, which I don't know much about, but I've heard as a thing, just the experience of being on the planet, touching the ground directly, gives us this landed feeling that going fast in an airplane or a car doesn't get us. That said, I think train travel is more grounding than air travel because you're actually on the ground. When I took the train across Canada, I didn't feel that jet lag feeling. Like, because I could actually see the trees passing the window the whole way there. And trains go a bit slower than cars on highways. So, yeah, there's this acknowledgement of the earth you're traveling across the entire way. And I'd get somewhere, and it would make sense that I was there. Like, I wouldn't have that feeling of disbelief internal disbelief, like, whoa, whoa, shake my head. Well, how did I get here? It was like, oh, I know how I got here. I got here because of all those kilometers that I went across. And that's a more grounded feeling. Okay, moving on from transportation. Two, feet. Because grounded is a sense of this downward kind of pull, like, it's definitely working with gravity, not like flighty, which is up from gravity. Our feet would be, to me, our anatomical center of this grounded feeling. Also, maybe sit bones, like if you're really sitting on the ground. And in chakra system, grounded feeling would be at, the, at your base, your root chakra, like down by your tailbone. So feet would be our gateway or easy access point to grounded feeling. So a really great trick to keep in mind is that if you are feeling ungrounded or want to feel more grounded, touch your own feet. Like give yourself a foot massage, wash your feet in the shower, just sit there and rub your feet. This is super helpful. And I noticed that if I'm experiencing strong emotions and like a wave of say sadness or uh, despair or anger or even happiness, but something like a, one of those emotions that just feels like it's a tsunami coming over you and you wonder if you're going to get through it. Touching your own feet and kind of like squeezing the palms in, the palms of soles of your feet in, can really help to ground that emotion, to bring some part of your awareness back into your body and say, hey, even though you're feeling this 
big, huge storm, you're still here. You've still got 10 toes. And that is also part of reality because the emotions can feel actually bring you in kind of a surreality, like way up in this space of ideas. And so touching your own feet in the middle of an emotional storm can be very helpful to processing it with more ease and grace. So the other part of this is that touching each other's feet, giving foot massages is something that we can do for each other. Both it's just pleasurable and relaxes and it's grounding. So if you're listening to a friend tell some stories and they're getting worked up, just offering to massage their feet while they're talking can be an immense gift of balancing the otherwise kind of heady, uh, spacey emotions with their present body. And it can be a way to not kind of crest over into this overwhelmed feeling of emotions being unprocessable, undigestible. Because I believe that our emotions have something to teach us about our experience and about who we are. And we learn more if we can actually digest them and not blank out. And when they get really intense, I often feel like I'm kind of about to slide over into this etheric like black hole of sensation that I won't be able to register. Like it will, I'll blank out because the emotion's too strong. And having my feet touched enables me to stay aware. And then I can learn more from the emotion and I can digest it. You can also just give each other foot massages without a strong emotional storm, just as a lovely gift and a way to feel grounded. About a year and a half ago, my 96-year-old grandma was dying and... On one of my last days with her, she was sitting in her little side rocking chair, kind of lazy boy's favorite spot in the house. And I offered if I could give her a foot massage. And at first she said, no. She said, no, I've never had one. She was 96. She'd had two husbands, two sons, and countless friends. And she'd never had a foot massage. Like, promise me that you will not let anybody close to you get to 96 without having had their feet rubbed. And then she said, yes, okay, that might feel nice. And so I got out some lotion and I rubbed her feet. And I gave her the only foot massage of her life. And whenever I think of that or tell that, I feel honored and a bit tingly and also sad and resolved that we need more foot massages in the world. It's like last week when I was talking about hair brushing or back rubs. You can tell I'm kind of on a little bit of a kick around kind ways to touch each other that are in this lovely intimate zone of not overly sec- not sexual and not meet you on the street that are just tender and like let's make more of those 
some tips about how to foot massage. Feet are ticklish, so you need to be paying attention when you're touching somebody else's feet. Ticklish is about unexpected movement, and so if you are slow and paying attention and giving enough pressure, like not super light feathery touch, and moving your hands in a thoughtful way, the person will be able to kind of anticipate where you're going. Like you're you're not sporadic and all over. You're like rubbing, rubbing, rubbing. Then they won't be ticklish and they'll be more relaxed. If you're uptight and sporadic and like, ah, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to touch these feet. Then that's not going to feel good. Also, feet are not gross. I mean, they're lovely. Feet are awesome. If they stink, get the person to wash them. Like, we don't want any of this like, ew, don't touch my feet energy when you're giving a foot massage. A little bit of lotion can help to make it smoother and therefore less ticklish as well. Like a little bit of coconut oil or hand cream can feel really good and having your feet moisturized and not dry and cracky is also pleasant. Okay. Oh, also, if you want to just start with socks on, that still works. Connected to feet. Bare feet. Walking on the ground in bare feet. Like skin to earth. Has an intimacy to it with the planet. And we walk around so often with these insulators of rubber or leather or plastic or whatever else shoes are made of on our feet, which granted help us in many different climates and textures and fashion, but we need to feel the ground with our feet because it reminds us that we're animals on this planet and it's, it brings intimacy and it, I believe it adds to our, our sense of connection to the planet that is our home. So please, find ways to go barefoot. I've also noticed that even in my indoor and currently winter experience, where I don't get to be barefoot that often, right now I'm wearing the slippers that I've told you about, that still bringing my awareness into my feet and noticing as I'm standing doing the dishes or as I'm walking around at work, where my feet are. Are they cold? Are they warm? Are they squished? Are they flat on the ground? Brings my understanding of myself back. It's almost like because it's normally in my head, in order for it to go down to my feet, my awareness has to go through my whole body, like down. And that's good. And that I'm happier on days when I notice where my feet are. I stand better. My posture's better. I move around more gracefully. That this awareness of my feet like they're holding me up all day and we can go without noticing where they are. And we're often doing so much with our hands that requires concentration that it's really good for balancing and awareness of our whole four-limbed body to also notice where our feet are. I hope that helps. Okay, a few more tricks. Soil, grounded soil. Eating foods directly from the soil is also grounding. That they've actually, like, the beet that, you're, that you pull out of the ground has, like, swelled up right inside the earth. So it's got something to teach you and teach your stomach about groundedness. Isn't that lovely? Like, just 
eat the poetry of that. Imagine the seed and then it's swelling inside the earth and then you get to eat it. You are actually kind of eating the planet and that's going to land you. I had this, what felt to me like a new thought around processed food this week, where processed food means it's gone through a lot of processes and that the people and things it's gone through before it gets to me are way more complicated. Like it's been grown and fertilized and picked and ripened and then packaged and then sent to the plant and then cut up and then blended and then packaged again and then shipped to me and then at the grocery store and then through the checkout and like the amount of people who have touched that item before it gets to me there's a lot of processes and machines and temperatures and who knows how many days and packaging and so I just this was like oh processed food means it's gone through processes maybe that's really basic but it's kind of a good thing to remember. And so whether you want to think about it like it's actually picked up like, you know, chemicals and it's lost some nutrients and it's picked up carbon, uh, it's used carbon, however you want to think of this, processed food is different than food that you got directly from the soil. And I started seeing this sort of like this in terms of story, like the food has a longer story which could be exactly what you want. You might want to drink coffee that came from Costa Rica and you know where it came from and you have pictures of the farm on your local coffee shop and you know Eduardo made it or grew it and then Silvia roasted it and then your barista is Emily. Like, that could be a great story and you want to amazingly drink all that story in the morning. Like, wow, we've got long stories of food here. Processed food has a long story. But because all that processing is also in that realm of up in your head, also because you probably didn't meet those people and shake their hands and wash the dirt off yourself, processed food has this kind of ungroundedness to it. Again, I'm not imposing a right or wrong judgment here. I'm just saying that it's less grounded. It has more like ideas and story in it that you might not even know. But the more you know the story or touch the story, like my neighbor planted this seed, I watered it, we harvested it together, and now I'm eating it. Pretty short story, I can touch all the parts of it. That food is going to be more grounding. So I think it's it's really good for everybody to have some experience with growing their own food. That's not possible in all of our living situations to have a full garden. I'm honored that I get that. But to have some awareness of seed to plant to stomach helps make all our eating more grounded, more aware. Along with plants, trees are very grounded beings. And yet they also reach up to the sky. So they must have something to teach us about living in the world between the earth and the sky. In that sense, they're very similar to us, existing in this space in between the sky and the earth. And so learning from trees, sitting around them, walking amidst them, amongst them, 
hugging them, caring for them can really help with knowing how to be on the planet. And and their time frame is different than ours, which I also feel helps to slow us and to me grounded is a slower feeling than flightiness. Things on the ground kind of they have a a lethargy to lethargy to them. And again, sometimes you might feel too grounded and you might want to say go sailing instead of walking in a forest because then you're in the water element and not on the earth, which we could, I'm sure we'll get into sailing at some point. So trees can be our teachers about grounded feeling. And maybe find a tree this week where you can thank it and notice it and touch it and see if maybe there's a lesson there for you about groundedness. Two more before we finish. Another way to be grounded is to collect your stuff. As I mentioned at the beginning, ungrounded can be this scattered feeling, like your mind and your presence and your ideas and your care are scattered everywhere. And often this also plays out in our stuff being scattered. Like you left something here and you left something there and you forgot this at so-and-so's house and you've got something in the car and something on the counter and like... Whatever, whether scattered is within your desk or scattered is within your neighborhood or scattered is within the country because you've still got stuff stored somewhere else, that scattered feeling is not aiding your ability to collect all your awareness within yourself and in your current moment. So physically, bringing your stuff back to where you are is a grounding process and So you can play with this in both directions. If you're feeling too grounded and like there's no movement, you might want to actually spread your stuff out. So you might want to like, say, "Mm, take a little bit of art and put it up somewhere surprising in your city, because then a little bit of you has extended itself elsewhere. Or you might want to give more presence so that more of you is spread out. But if you're feeling too scattered, which could mean like you don't have enough of your own energy to work with, try physically pulling your things in closer because the things that we identify with, we kind of place a bit of our own energy in them. Or if you give them away, be aware whether you've actually kind of actually felt like you're giving them away, you know, like you don't want this stringy feeling like you gave something to the secondhand store, but you didn't really let go of it. So some of you is now at the thrift store. We need to be careful with our awareness and our stuff. Again, this is a theme that's going to come up often in Magic for Realists. Okay, and the last one is do the dishes. My God, if you are feeling... Uh, emotional, ungrounded, uh, confused, if you're feeling at loose ends, if you're feeling flighty or like dizzy in your head or kind of lost, when in doubt, just do the dishes. If you've got no dishes to do, you can clean the stove. If you've got no stove to clean, you can vacuum. You can sweep like last week. These physical 
things in our houses are not in the ideas realm. Like, we don't think, you don't just like sit there and think about the dishes. I mean, if you do, why not think about something else? The dishes are something that just gets done. Like, you you do it physically. It's not an idea. It's not a, like, it's just not up in your head. It's freaking sitting on the counter. Like, the plate is there and it needs to be washed. So dishes, sweeping, helps to also collect your things. Like, the dishes from all over the house are now collected in one spot and getting washed. Same with, like, the dirt. There's a sort of pulling back in, in all these. And then tending to it. Which will bring some of your awareness into the moment. And you'll end up with a clean counter and more plates to eat off of. Plus, it's simple. Sometimes when we're feeling ungrounded, we can get to this overthinking place where our brain is going like around and around in circles. And so doing something that is straightforward, like not cooking, which is complicated, but doing the dishes, which is pretty straightforward. Like they're dirty, use some water and some soap, then they're clean. Like it's, there's not really a whole lot of decisions involved. That straightforward plain physical task can be very grounding. So I share all these with you because I believe that having the ability to ground ourselves and perhaps help each other tenderly can really help us balance out our experience in the world. And we can notice if we're feeling flighty, spacey, too stuck in our heads, and we can counter that with something that would land us more. And I mean this on a daily, like, moment-to-moment experience, and also in large choices about how we live, that we might want to explore ways to really belong on the planet. Because, as far as I can tell, being a human is quite remarkable. And I would like to be here for all of it, and experience it. And being grounded and aware is part of the way that I do that. And I hope that it helps you to feel more at ease and enjoy the, the things happening all around us. I believe that when we're grounded, we notice everyday, like, I want to say miracles, but I mean like amazingness, everyday amazingness that is in the sunlight and the growth of house plants and the way bubbles are in the sink and the feeling of our feet on the ground and that also from a place of groundedness we can then leap and fly and swim and be in rapture and then we can come back to laying on the grass to digging up carrots to sweeping the floor And so, play this week with groundedness and see what comes for you. If you'd like to share, I'm always delighted to hear from you. I'm really thrilled you listened, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can say hi either on Instagram or the now available website, magicforrealists.ca, or in the show notes, there's also a link to leave me a voice note. Also, please go ahead and share this with any realists you feel could use a little magic. 
And I would really appreciate if you would subscribe so you can hear future episodes and that increases the chance of other people finding this podcast. I would be honored and delighted if you would rate and review this podcast on whichever platform you use to listen to. That makes a big difference to me and I really appreciate it. So until next time, may you experience the magic of the real world as you practice grounding.